Welcome to season four of the Be Your Own Kind podcast. I am so excited to share some new ideas and experiences with you and also introduce some more wonderful, fantastic people on the platform. Be sure to visit our site, www.beyourownkind.com to be able to keep up with the latest news and the latest blogs and content. Also, we have a Facebook community that involves giveaways, touch base, and exclusive deals. If you like the content, be sure to tip your girl Lamarcha T on Kofi, located at ko-fi.com backslash beyourownkind24. Thanks again for your continued support and enjoy the episode. Well, hi, Danielle. How are you? I'm good, and you? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. How's the weather out there in Chicago? It's hot. It's 70, it's 70 right now. 70? Mm-hmm. Wow, wasn't it like cold or snowing or something? It, it <laughs> was, I can see the snow. I heard it was snow some places across the city the other day. And then it's supposed to be like back 30 on Monday. So we have like these two hot days. And I'm sure a lot of people be sick because of the <laughs> the weather change. So yep. That's this time that keep your coat near you wear a jacket because that weather will get you. Yeah, yeah. It's that keep that skirt, shorts, uh, hoodie, and coat in the trunk weather. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So thank you, thank you for um being on the BYLK podcast. I'm so excited to to speak with you and get to know a little bit more about you. Um, but before we get into that, can you t- can you just introduce yourself to the audience a little bit for me? Yeah, so I'm Danielle Portis. I am the founder and um, one of the mindset coaches at Rose Gold Crowns. And what Rose Gold Crowns is, um, it's a resource agency for women who have experienced relational trauma. And what I do is I provide intentional relational repair through coaching, community, and um, I call it crown polishing experiences. I also am a, a clinician at Cultivate Your Essence, so I work in private practice as well. So I do a lot of things. Um, I work in private practice. I own a salad-only catering company called Salad Heaven, um, and we currently are serving salads daily at uh, Cooking with Curves Cookie Shop. So my girl Erin there, she has oatmeal-based cookies, and then I do the salad, so it's like... You, that's your, your health spot for your your good salads and your good treat after. Um, and then I also am a clinical supervisor for the Juvenile Justice Collaborative Program where I work with Justice Involved Youth. So that's pretty much who I am. I'm a mom. I am a new grandma. Um, yes. Congrats. <laughs> thank you. And um, that's, that's pretty much pretty much I'm sure we'll we'll get into you know questions if you have any but that's pretty much who I am the fact that you ended that with that's pretty much like I am like you sitting at home watching TV (laughs) (laughs) like I ain't doing nothing (laughs) that is amazing wow you have like a plethora of (laughs) so what type of salads I'm just curious that you um then so I do um salad wraps and pasta and you could get chicken salmon um, they are like my signature salad has all the veggies, lettuce, cabbage, carrots, spinach, cucumber, onion, tomato. Um, and then you could get, uh, egg, cheese, chicken, salmon, 
and you can add ingredients as well. So what I mostly keep in stock is the jerk chicken salad because that's like my best seller. And then super prepaid custom as well. I have two pastas. Um, I do custom orders. Like people send me pictures and I'm like, can you make this? And I, I do that. Okay. As long as it's a salad or a pasta, I'm not doing like Thanksgiving dinner. Um, but for my pastas, I have um, a Caesar chicken. Well, you could get uh, any protein that you like, but I do like a, it's a veggie medley penne. So there's sauteed mushroom, bell peppers, spinach with penne. Um, and then I do a Caesar salad rotini, which is made like a Caesar salad. There's romaine, croutons, parmesan, and then I add rotini in it. That all sounds so delicious. That sounds so delicious. You like, you make, you make me want to actually eat a salad. I am not a salad person. It makes me want to Yeah, I, I started because my health, um, like I had to eat better. I had to do an anti-inflammatory diet. Okay. And it was hard to find good food with the, you know, the restrictions that I had. Um, and even last year, I found out that I was allergic to so many things. Like, it's like two pages of stuff I'm allergic to. So, I've added gluten-free options because I have to have a gluten-free diet. So, that's been great to be able to, to provide, like, vegan, um, gluten-free options as well that taste good. Like, if I don't like it, I don't sell it. Mm, I like that because you're not, you're not going to want to prepare something. Right. Don't care for it. That makes that makes a lot of sense. So I know um one of one of the things you um you mentioned about what you do is you own the business Rose Gold Crowns. Mm -hmm. uh, when I read your about page, um I love the explanation behind you naming that. So can you just share that with the audience? Yes. So um one thing I and it's October, so it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um I am a domestic violence survivor, and in the midst of like my, I, I struggle with saying like my breaking point because I had so many, right? <laughs> so uh, probably like my last breaking point, um, sorry, probably like my last breaking point. I remember like I was like in tears, just praying like, why me? You know, God, this is, like out of hand and in that moment like he you know said so much to me that day and one thing that stood up stood out to me was research rose gold and at that time so that was 2016 at that time rose gold was like a phenomenal right like everybody wanted the rose gold phones rose gold everything rose gold decor in the house like rose gold was hot and I had never thought about what makes it look like that or what goes into it. And so when I researched it, um, I know I saw that it's a mixture of copper, silver, and gold. And the more copper that you have in the mixture, the more pink. And I looked into copper and copper is the cheapest metal right and so i'm like wow and so i'm like what like this 
how does this even make sense? Like, why am I, why did I have to research this? And I, I just kept looking, kept kept reading about different parts of the, the makings of it. And I'm like, wow. So um, I, I remember saying something and it was talking about how copper is the cheapest metal, but it's using so much. Like it's using like electricity, it's using, you know, rose gold. Um, but nobody says like, oh, I want copper. Like, give me copper jewelry or give me, um, give me that copper. I'm getting chills right now. Like, give me copper furniture or give me, you know, some copper stuff to hang on my wall. Nobody says that. You never hear that. And, but once you put it in a rose gold and it has this, you know, now it's like this pinkish and it's been through this refining process everybody wants it and i'm like wow and i thought about it and so even at that time um so i had my daughter when i was 16 and i remember you know my principal my principal even telling me you know you don't she didn't want me to go to that school anymore i was gonna influence other girls to be pregnant and um, I remember uh, girls talking about me, calling me out my name and going to who was in place for support, like the social workers, the principal, and not getting it. I remember telling my principal that um, someone called me a whore. She said, aren't you one? And I'm like, absolutely not. And so, um, like, it was, it was crazy. So, um, just knowing what I experienced as a teen parent, but then seeing how much people who counted me out as that teen now saying, oh, like, I know when you, you were, I know you when you were younger and you've always been like this. I've always seen all of this in you and, you know, all these things, but it's like, what about that middle part? Right. What about that time when I would, didn't want to live anymore or didn't know how I was gonna see my baby. Me and my daughter, since we were so close, we laugh all the time. Like it was time we were surviving off of jewels, like the, the two-piece chicken and fries and uh -huh. the, the church specials. Like that was like luxury to us because you know money was just tight. And I always have been in school and so like in school for most of her life um always had a job but it was just like managing was hard and then i couldn't work full time because i had to get her back and forth to school and you know it was just it was just a lot and so i didn't have much help and but now there's you know the accolades and it's like oh like she has a master's and that's that's my niece that's my you know that's I, I knew her since she was little and I'm not shocked that, and it's like that's crazy and so it's just yeah. like recognizing even in myself my copper and that's that's with rose gold crowns that's what I contribute to that's what I attribute to like trauma right like people's copper that copper people count you out but once you once you get that rose gold glare that rose gold crown now they want to count you back in and they want you to come speak and they want you to, you know, um, come to the family outings and all that other stuff again. But when you are embarrassing or when you weren't living how 
uh, didn't meet their expectations in the middle part and the hardest part. Right. It's hard, and a lot a lot of times you're by yourself, and so I created rose gold crowns because as a therapist, I saw a lot of people like it, it didn't matter who I was working with, whether it's teenagers or women. When you are experiencing that evolution, you lose people, you outgrow people. Sometimes, you know, I have to tell kids like you've outgrown your parents. Like their parents gave you the best that they had. And now you have, you're equipped with things that they don't even have. And so right. when you're ready, you can have some grace to kind of teach them how to treat you. But that's your choice and you do that in your own time. And so I created Rose Gold Crowns to be able to provide that community piece, provide those like um, workshops where I teach relational skills or how to communicate with people you love, how to set boundaries and maintain boundaries and support dealing with the guilt that comes with isolation or you know survivors and more things like that that are common it doesn't matter who you are or what you've been through there's a lot of commonalities that we have and i like to put those women in the same room to just say like hey like everybody in here mom get on their nerves <laughs> you know it doesn't matter if you, you know, got, I just put up a post and I, I just, I just put up a post earlier today and I said the best thing about um, my Queen's Giving Dinner that I have every year is like, you never know who's homeless at the time or who has seven properties or who is the doctor or like nobody's saying like, call me Dr. Danielle, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know who's a doctor or who's studying for their GED and we're all sitting at the table, we're all eating, having a great time being poured into and it's a place where titles don't matter and neither does what led you there like neither does your copper and so when I have like my different workshops and things like that I think about what do they need in the middle like doing the hard part right um when you when you when you are experiencing trauma oftentimes it doesn't seem like this is this is trauma or this is something that um i need to heal from or break away from so i'm not so much trying to reach people while they're still in it but once they get out and they lose the people that they thought would change for them or didn't know that would betray them or lose best friends and partners and family and things like that. That's where I come in with my community and we just love on them. I love that. I love that. You you just said so much, um, so much in in that because it seems like people want to be a part of the end, the end. Mm-hmm. But not the middle, which which you said is the meat. That's the struggle. Nobody wants yeah. to be a part of the struggle. Instead, it's sit there and watch me struggle and talk about me as I struggle. Instead of you know you know extending your hand for help. You know how when you when you when you were pregnant, it's like ah she's she, you know I can't. First of all, I'm so sorry that you know um, people thought it was comfortable to to talk to a child like that. Mm-hmm. What I commend you on is you overcame that and. 
you know, and your child is, you know, older now and yeah. you're into your business and things of that sort and you don't even know and maybe you do how inspirational that was to your child to watch you persevere even even without help and even against all odds, you know. Um, growing up, I feel like we were kind of taught like that was getting pregnant was the end of the world. Yeah. Like that's the worst thing. And, and you know, at this age, it's like that is, that is not even the tip of the worst thing right. that happened to me. <laughs> You know, so um, I always thought a baby should have been a blessing, but um, growing growing up, that was the same type of same type of rhetoric. Like, you know, um, if you have a baby, it'll, it'll ruin your life. And it's yeah. just like, okay, but I was once a baby. You know, like did I did I did I particularly did I do that life? Too? You know, like <laughs> it made me think that like so did I ruin your life? Like, but um, I don't think people pay attention to words. Mm-hmm. They mean things, and like you said, like when you're going through things, you don't you don't think it's affecting you until you're out of it, and you're just like, why do I feel this way? What is this? What is this? And it's connected to something that has happened in the past that that is now you feel you need to heal from because you didn't know that. Right. I'm saying, but you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, um, kudos to you also for um, getting out of a domestic, um, yeah, domestic violent um, relationship. Like what? What was the moment that that you realized that you needed to get out of that relationship? Um, there were multiple. I like it was it was a consistent. Like I knew it wasn't right, mm-hmm. um, and I I can't even. I wasn't even in just one. I was in. I was abused over time by multiple men. Okay. And it was so the breaking point for each of them was just recognizing like this is who they are, you know, I can't I can't change them. But it was like each relationship that I was in, um, I thought I was doing the right thing, like we were friends first before we committed and at least two of them knew what I had been through with other partners, so I didn't think that they would ever do that to me. I hadn't seen like it was nothing that I would have thought they would have ever done. Um, And so even in that, it was like, this isn't their character. I was trying to make sense of things that didn't make sense. Right. And it's like, if I could just get them back to who they used to be, of who I knew them to be and fell in love with, we wouldn't be experiencing that. And another prayer moment, I remember it came to me and um, I was journaling and um, it was like, I recognized that what I would do, a pattern in my own relationships was that I would I would be single and I would evolve and then I would feel like I'm healed and not only am I healed for me but I have the the tools to heal others and it felt like in hindsight I was trying to be God to the to other humans how God was to me Mm -hmm. and I had to step back, like, and give God his kids back. Like, I can't, that's not my place, you know. 
uh, I realized that the more I stayed, the worse it became. And it was just like, the more I spoke and I stood on my words, the more diluted they became. Like if you're consistently saying the same thing, but there's no actions behind it, like why would anybody change? And so I just recognized my breaking point, um, my walk away point was me just realizing like I have a daughter and this is going to end with one of us dead and I'm not even going to say it would have been me you know um, it was there were even times where I didn't even know that I was being abused because I would fight back Mm. I didn't know that it shouldn't have never got it shouldn't have never got to that point um and so I felt like as long as I could protect myself, it was okay. Right. And so it got to the point where it's like, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to die because of this. Like, I know I'll die eventually one day. Right. But I don't want this to be why I'm no longer here. And I just... I was able to walk away. Um, And I'm not saying it as though it was easy because it took me, when I decided to, that this was no longer going to be my story, this is no longer my, um, like my knight in shining armor because one thing about, um, like my partners, like I said, they're always friends. And the abusive times was like 10% of uh, other times that were like so good that I was able to dissociate and, and isolate those experiences of like, this isn't who they are. Right. But we would always get back there. And so when I recognized like, I never want to get back here again and I, I don't have control over when we get back here. Right. That was May of 2016. I didn't physically leave until September. So it was a transition time of, like I literally had to like journal every day, listen to music. I had to create a routine, affirm myself and um, start telling people. Cause I got to the point where I isolated myself and I didn't even really have any friends by that time. So I had to start telling people, like, this is what I'm experiencing. I'm about to, you know, make a move. I have to prepare myself. I was in my master's program, and, like, my saving grace was actually one of my classmates who let me stay at her house. And um, so it was just, like, me having to open up. And that's another reason that inspired Rose Gold Crowns, because I'm like... You can't go through that type of stuff alone um, and in fear of being vulnerable because it it just keeps it longer. It just allows it to foster and when people know when you don't have any support too and they take advantage right. of that. Right. And so I think it's really important that 
you know, we have allies. Even if you're telling friends, like, you know, I don't feel like talking. I want you to know I'm going through this. I don't feel like talking. I don't want your advice. I'm not looking for support right now. Because <laughs> you got to be specific with people, right? I, you right. Know, I, deal with, I deal with a lot of people that are angry at things that they didn't teach people how to treat them. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you got to tell people, like, I'm going through something. I don't need feedback. I'm not asking right. for advice. I don't need no money. I just want you to know. So I don't, I'm not holding this in. I have to tell somebody. And right. those were the things that I had to do myself in order to wheel myself out of that situation. Wow. That is such a powerful, powerful uh, testimony. Um, I'm wondering... You, you seem like you have a lot of, you give a lot of mercy and grace. And I'm wondering if you're like that based off of like you're growing up and not getting that, not getting mercy and grace. And I think that's why your heart is probably so open because you know how that feels to be alone. I don't think so. I think my mother gives a lot of mercy and grace. Oh, okay. Probably too much. Okay. <laughs> Cause I even, you know, I was, I was literally just thinking about that the other day and I was like, cause I, a lot of times I'm thinking like I just naturally compare myself to like different things that my clients experience uh-huh. that are similar to things I experienced. And I wonder like, did we, did we get there the same way? Cause how you got there, you know, may be different, but sometimes we just all, we just end up in the same place. And so I'm thinking about my childhood and I was like, what happened that led me to be like so given, so forgiving, things like that. And even talking to like my, cause I, I'm still close with a lot of like elementary school teachers and things like that. And they even remind me, cause I remember telling my sixth grade teacher that I had a, a, a daughter, my daughter's 19 now. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, I'm not surprised because you were a mother at, you know, in fourth grade. And that's, wow. that's just always who I was. Um, I was, I spent most of the time like with my, my mom, my grandparents, my aunt. I, I was spoiled. I, I'm still spoiled. Um, but like my mom, I remember she would cook. And instead of, like, she would cook dinner, and instead of, like, making me come in for dinner, when I was outside with my friends, she would just send plates out. And we would all just be able to eat outside and and play. And so when she wasn't home, like, if she went out with her friends or something like that, I would maintain that. Like, I would literally, I remember, because I used to braid hair and stuff like that, so I would make some money that day. And there was a there was a couple restaurants walking distance, and I would go get food. I'd bring a blanket out, blanket outside, and we would sit under the tree, and I would just have food for all my friends because I was what my, I saw my mother do. Right. Um, my I grew up. My grandmother did a lot of big dinners. We didn't even have a huge house. People would be on the stairs, and they're sitting on the floor, and you know, both of them know how to cook. I know how to cook, and so. You know, I'm always, I always have people over. I feed. If you come over my house, you're gonna eat. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it was just like I'm just, I was just raised seeing, seeing yeah. that. Okay. Um, my aunt Tish, she was like the family babysitter. She, she died at like 93, 
and up until probably 91 she if you had a child like you knew that was the babysitter like that was all the kids all the cousins would be at her house the neighbor's children she never had children and so she was just like the family babysitter so i would see her pick things from her garden to make a meal like our meals didn't even match we would be eating like hot water cornbread hot dogs squash from the garden you know but it's just like she she put things together to stretch it for everybody at a low cost and so just like seeing things like that and seeing how people are loved how people are able to grow while being loved or because they were loved like I've always wanted to make sure that I provide people that that same love but I have to recognize that people don't always value that right they take advantage some some people take advantage yes yeah not everybody and so it's it's challenging but like I vow to not let those people who take advantage harden me right but just strengthen like my own boundaries and my like dismissal process like I recognize like you you can't handle this love so you go that way but it doesn't stop me from loving or giving that grace and mercy and I love that because that stops you from being a better person too Mm -hmm. yeah you know strengthening that discernment is very important and there are people that prey on vulnerable and vulnerable has such a negative connotation in life um and it's not really because to be open in life is how you really live right mm-hmm. it's just who you allow in that in that space that that's important so the fact that even when things unfavorable things happen to us and we're still open to the world and still leaving ourselves vulnerable i think that's a superpower um because it, it takes strength to open back up when you've been hurt versus just staying closed up forever right you know so um i think that's that's a dumb quality so thanks thanks for and you know what like talking to you makes me understand more about queen's giving okay yeah it, it kind of ties in because you, you grew up in a in, a, in a, like a sisterhood mm-hmm. now like and food was a part of that celebration so um i do want to get more into that uh, but before we get more into that i'm going to stop right here and we're just going to hear from our sponsor better help and danielle and i'll be right back this episode is sponsored by better help people often think anxiety looks one way but it has many faces and many emotions that sometimes can be overwhelming and daunting i know about this feeling all too well because at a point i felt powerless to my emotions almost to the point of drowning in them. So I decided to seek out a therapist to later learn that I have generalized anxiety disorder. If you have been experiencing the same feeling, please know that BetterHelp is here to help. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You have the option of talking with a therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in under 48 hours. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then you get matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. Then you will schedule secure video and phone sessions plus you get to exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. 
Thanks to therapy, I learned the tools that I needed to conquer my anxiety and over-obsessive thinking. I did it afraid, and I took that leap to talk with someone, to later learn that it was going to be okay and that I was going to be okay. Please know that you can request a new therapist at no additional charge, anytime. Join the three million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced Better Health therapist. And better yet, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com BYOK. That's betterhelp.com slash BYOK because you deserve it. Okay, okay, we are back with Danielle. And before um, the commercial, um, we, were, we were about to get into Queen's Giving. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so Queen's Giving is a dinner. It's a therapeutic solution-focused dinner that I have. It started, so I have a Facebook group under Rose Gold Crowns. And one of the members actually suggested that we celebrate for Thanksgiving so this was 2019 and she was like can we do something for Thanksgiving because her family used to get together it was some drama they weren't getting together and so she even offered us to have it at her house and so that's what we did and it was like a potluck um we uh had we did like makeovers it was like a Mary Kay person there teaching us how to beat our face and it was just a, a really good time we had drinks and stuff and it gets bigger and better every year but the base is still the same it's like sisterhood family coming together we are talking about um so one thing I always do with all of my rose gold crown events is I allow people to have like a anonymous question box where I incorporate the things that they're dealing with or want to ask for feedback without revealing who they are to ask. And so we we did that. And I had the second one last year and I included that in like the registration. And so it was amazing, catered meal, because it, it was too many people to do a potluck last <laughs> last year. Um, and so last year it was about 40, between 45 and 50 women. Wow. And we all came together. We had a catered meal by Chef Sammy. And we had drinks by T-Shots. Um, my girl Tasha does those. And everybody had crowns and, and wines. And we, they talked about in the registration when they got their tickets, I asked like, what challenges are you bringing to the table? And so we incorporated that into the discussion. There was so much and there were so many things that I didn't get a chance to get to last year because it was 45 women doing, right. you know, bringing different challenges to the table. So this year, I have a panel of licensed professionals. There's six of us, six, um, there's six, there's five therapists, and two of us also do life coaching. And then there's one that is specifically a relationship and life coach. And so we will be answering the questions. And so there'll be like live Q and A, 
live discussions, live, um, you know, opportunity for women to share testimonies or get some support. Um, I remember last year, one lady, she was, she was talking about, um, in the midst of a custody battle with her ex-husband, there was another woman there who had been through the same thing. So she offered to go petition back into court the next day with her. And so like those type of things happen at Queensgiving. And so not only do I have a licensed professional, a team of licensed professionals that will be there to answer questions and provide support this year, but I'm also gonna have a magazine that each guest will have that answers all of the questions that won't be incorporated into the discussion. So that way, everybody will get their question answered and have those resources, whether they wanted to ask the question or not. Mm -hmm. um, you'll have a, they'll have a list of resources for support and um, yeah, and we do all of that over great food, good drinks, dessert, it's a three course meal. I give away things. Um, I don't know what I'm giving away this year. I'm, I'm still, I know I'll probably do like some massages, some massage gift certificates, but just like self-care things. Um, I do giveaways throughout the evening and um, it's a great time. It's a really it sounds like a great time. And when, when is uh, when, November 26th? Okay, okay. So and where always can... a Saturday after Thanksgiving. Okay. And where can people get tickets? Um, bit.ly slash QG2022 and the Q and the G are lowercase. Okay, awesome. And there's also a link on your, that, that's your um, website you just did, right? That's the link to the actual plans given. So the tickets are available on DanielePortis.com. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I look forward to it because I look, I actually want to attend that. So that sounds so, that sounds so empowering because I love the fact that you're all about sisterhood. I love the fact that you're all about empowerment, mm -hmm. um, and helping people through trauma and helping people heal. Um, because as I learned, people heal differently. It's so subjective. Mm -hmm. Um, healing is so subjective. It's not a one size fit all type thing. So what may seem like someone is acting strange and weird all of a sudden, they, they could be their healing, you yeah. know. Um, so I'm, I'm learning a lot about that. So I think this is just what you're doing is just so impactful. Thank so, you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. Um, now, I want to ask you a question that is so off topic. Okay. I noticed in your about page, um, you said that you were a music connoisseur. Mm -hmm. So I was just curious, what was your favorite, um, what's your favorite music genre or your favorite music artist? My favorite, my favorite music artist is probably Jasmine Sullivan. Um, I love her voice. I love her ability to perform with a live band. I love live music. If I had to choose a favorite genre, I would say the blues, actually. Mm. And so, um, but so I'm. It's so crazy because I listen to all types of music. <laughs> Um, probably the most music I'm listening to is like trap music. Like I love, <laughs> I love trap music. I cook to it. Um, I get up in the morning, listen. Like I drive to it. I listen to more like the Jay Z, the Nas, um, Nipsey Hussle, 
that I can actually, like, those are people I like to, like, listen to, take notes. They usually inspire me to journal. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing that while I'm, like, cleaning up close to my journal where I can stop. I, would, I don't, like, listen to them while I'm driving because I can't, I can't focus. Like, I'm like, I gotta rewind it. I gotta rewind it. <laughs> like, what did he just say? Oh my God, what did he just say? So, um, I listen to those like while I'm home, chilling, um, cleaning up. You know, I listen to more like, I'll call that like hip hop or real rap. Right. Um, but yeah, like, that's pretty much, I like country. Um, I like all music. I, I I see so many influences in different genres. So like, I love I love to see a hip hop artist or an R and B artist that like Jazz and Sullivan feels like the blues to me more than yeah the R and B like more than the I know R and B is rhythm and blues, but like it's like less rhythm, more blues to me when I when I listen to her. But I'm like I'm I'm probably like I remember like being twenty something like in a booze club by myself. Like, everybody's just oh older and <laughs> like what are you doing here? And I just be like vibing by myself, like drinking and listen listen to the blues and I think that's because I spent so much time like with my my aunt Tish. Like she would listen to the last two dollars and um just different stuff and she loved to go to the casino so once I could drive I was taking her there and like that's the type of music they would be playing so it was just you know that's just what I'm used to being around like all genres of music nice I knew that was random but when people say that they're in the music I'm like okay okay what you listening to <laughs> yeah <laughs> so I, I don't know if you mentioned this but you're also an author yeah Yes, so um, I saw on your Instagram that you, I don't know if you recently um, released it, but you recently advertised your ebook Declutter, mm-hmm. which I thought was super interesting because I live, I like, I have a whole mansion in my head. So I was <laughs> wondering if um, you could share any, any a tip or just some, a step to, the first step for starting to declutter the mind, because I find that so interesting. Like, how do you even start I would say by giving space for the clutter. Hmm. I think I think um, a lot of times people work against themselves by trying to focus on one thing when that's just not how your mind works. So I would say start with the clutter first. Like just write everything that's in your mind from your stream of consciousness. Like it, whether or not it makes sense or um, it's related to, you know, like I may write a whole page of stuff and it's 10 different topics, but it, it, it will make sense later. And so then from there, you can start to categorize stuff or make to-do lists or maybe some things are long-term goals, some things may be short-term goals, some things may be things you need to do today, but just giving space to the clutter and not trying to like work against it or or make it so that it doesn't like kind of like make it so it doesn't exist when it's it's not going anywhere. If, if your brain works like that, that's how it works. That makes a lot of sense because the more um, I, I guess the higher the resistance, 
the mm-hmm. more it stays. Like, I don't want to think this, ah, but you, then when it's quiet, that, that same thought hasn't left. Like, it's just right there. Mm-hmm. So I, that, that is actually, just, just think that thing. I just think some of the thoughts just be so unnecessary. Like, why? you know and um I never thought about that I feel like and and then it's those obsessive thoughts too that I think clutter the brain too um any any pointers for that like how to like if if you are a person listening you know and you struggle with obsessing thoughts like something will happen and and you'll take this whole situation and create a future situation a future conversation what you could have did better dissect how the person felt about it like how do you stop that snowball or that rabbit hole thinking i think that's a better word that rabbit hole my favorite activity to do is uh put your thoughts on trial and you know when you think about like being in a courtroom feelings don't matter you have the attorneys they give their opening statement you know they state the facts you could cross question um i forgot what the actual term is but like you cross question the the defendants and stuff like that but it's facts only there's no room for i feel you should be doing this or i feel like they're guilty or you know and so when you take the emotion out of it and the things that you can't prove out of it you're left with what the focus should be i like that you all about process of elimination i like that (laughs) i like that like just 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 separate everything you know it's almost like you have to um put things in their own little compartment Mm -hmm. or in their own little perspective because one thing about emotions, you can drown in those bad boys. They never stop. They never stop. And and they skew reality every single time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And they're also temporary. So, like, right. what you may feel about something today, you may not feel that way tomorrow or next week. So, to make a decision off of how you feel will sometimes not lead you in the best direction. I like that. Okay, okay, wise Danielle. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Here at BYOK, we have a staple question. And that question is if you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be and why? I would describe myself as creative. And I think at the root of all that I do, that's what makes me stand out. Um, Even in therapy, I have, like, even I have fellow therapists who reach to me for, like, creative ways to reach their clients or, um, you know, just like even in, in my salads, coming up with like different recipes or or different ways to, it's like the art to me. So if, if something is out of place, like all my salads, you can look at them as like the tomatoes are in the same place, the cucumbers are in the same place. So like that's, I designed that. Um, in my writing, I've been writing since I was a five. Um, and I remember my kindergarten teacher actually was the person that, but the first person told me I'd be an author. 
Um, so she called me creative. So I, I think that's like at the root of everything. I love that. And creativity is that that is so limitless with that, you know? Yeah. You can be creative in almost no in everything actually. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's wonderful. So um any additional remarks you have before we, we close out? I would say if you are a woman that is in need of, um, or not even in need, but just desires to be in a room of of women who are um, supportive, open-minded. Uh, one of one of my roles, go crime girl. She always she always refers to the women in the community as we are we are all good good girlfriends so if you want to be around some good good girlfriends and have a great time and also be poured into make sure you're at queensgiving and you can get those tickets at danielleportis.com and another way to connect with me is danielle at rosegoldcrowns.com so um if you ever need to you know want some resources have a question want to get signed up for counseling or coaching like that's the entry point that i can always be reached at perfect perfect danielle you have just um spread so many seeds of knowledge and wisdom (laughs) during this episode and um i'm just um so grateful that you're on our platform and that you and just what you do like it like they, it, it's, it's the saying I always see like if you want something to change you be the change and I feel like that's what you are you are the thank change you. Thank you. and um, I just want to say thank you for for pouring into others and helping people to heal thank for helping you. people to heal because that's so important I even heard this on a, on a YouTube channel and let me know your thoughts about this thing I okay. know you're about to go but I keep talking uh, <laughs> <laughs> She said, don't listen to your gut until you heal. Mm. What do you think about that statement? I don't agree. Okay. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, I think that your gut is what is giving you the indication that you're no longer comfortable. Hmm. I think your gut is necessary to guide you to know when you need healing, even if it's not something that's like trauma, like your gut tells you when you ate something you weren't supposed to or when you drank too much or like trauma doesn't have to be deep. It's a a negative experience that has an impact on you long term. And so when you think about that, there's always something to heal from. I could have to heal from something I experienced yesterday. And if I'm telling myself I have to be at a place, it's kind of like me thinking about like rose gold crowns and copper. If I have to wait until I'm healed, which healing is a journey, when, when am I going to get there? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> when am I gonna get there? What what is gonna be my my guide to say, oh, this feels good. This is a friend. This is not. How do I know what discernment feels like if I'm waiting until I reach a, a destination I'm not aware of 
to be able to trust what I was born with. I like that perspective because she was saying that um, the reason why you wait till you heal is because when you reach that point where you need to launch, launch out on faith or launch out for that opportunity, your unhealed parts of you are kind of stopping you from doing it or telling you that you're not good enough and things of that sort. That's what, that's what she was saying okay. behind that. Yeah. Still no, but but after listening to you, you're right. Because if I am waiting to heal, matter of fact, I feel like like you just said, your gut even your gut is actually telling you what you need to heal from. So if you're ignoring that, uh, you right. right, you miss you'll miss that. Yeah. Ooh, thinking. All right, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Light bulb, I get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> so, like, I, I think, you know, I think their intentions were, were good with that. Some people equate gut to, like, emotions. And emotions are not the same. Emotions are, like, you're supposed to feel your feelings, but emotions are meant to be temporary. They aren't meant to last they're not even meant to last an hour. You're supposed to feel your feelings and be able to release them. And, and when your feelings become longer than hours, that's a mood. Hmm. So when you say, like, don't make decisions on um, your emotions, you should not. Like, you, you, you can consider them. But not just based on, oh, like this irritated me, I'ma sabotage everything. It's like, okay, this irritated me, what does this mean? Let me insert myself. Your wise mind is a mixture of your emotions and um, logic. And so you have to you have to consider them. But you don't take away the thought process that led you there because you always have to keep like your your the cognitive triangle is like your thoughts, your feelings, and your behaviors. Your thoughts affect your feelings. Your feelings affect your behaviors, and then your behaviors, you know, you have thoughts about them. And so, if you feel a certain way, you have to realize why do I feel this way that's where the thoughts come in if you are only considering that you feel this way and act on how you feel without thinking about why you feel this way then you're losing your footing you're losing your foundation and in your mind you're not taking everything into consideration so you shouldn't base decisions solely off how you feel but they should be considered I love that. I love that. I love that. Man, I love that. <laughs> y'all better come get this counseling, y'all. <laughs> wow, Daniel. Before I, before I keep asking you rabbit hole questions, I'm going to be on for hours. I'm just talking I can come back. <laughs> yes, yes. I, uh, once again, I just thank you, Danielle, for being on the platform. I look forward to meeting you um, nice. at Queen's Given on uh, November 26th. Um, and you all grab your tickets, grab your tickets. This this is needed. This is needed because we're if we're paying attention to Twitter, they're letting us know that women don't get along, and that is not <laughs> actually, that is not reality. That is not reality at all. 
um, there is a blessing and there is strength in the sisterhood. And join Crown Conversations. Crown Conversations is my free Facebook group. Okay. So um, join Crown Conversations. That's where all the good, good girlfriends are. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead over there. Okay. <laughs> it was wonderful talking with you and um, talking with you. And thank you for sharing your wisdom, your experience. Like, I'm so inspired. And listen, thank you. I hope that, that you have been inspired. I hope that you take away these nuggets, you know. Um, yeah, because this 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 is nuggets. This is wisdom right here that Daniel shared with us today. And so next time, don't be, um, be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself and... Don't allow people or don't allow people to make you feel less than what you are. You are valuable, you are loved, and you are capable. And until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>